Thanks to Betterment for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Betterment was built to help you make sense of what to do with your money, no matter your financial experience. So while investing involves risk, Betterment's technology can help you grow the money you have and set financial goals for the future. Get started by downloading the Betterment app today. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-M-E-N-T for the betterment of you. All right, let's get to the show. Yeah. Are you hear that? Bob your heads. Let's go. Pro, come on. Oh yeah. Now it's been too oh. many years. Are you feeling that? Are you feeling that? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Song here. We just got to give you a little teaser, a little intro to Return of the Mac because this week it is all about the Mac Pro. I will put the entire track of that at the end of the show. But because we want to get into it, I have a special guest in the house, Joe Chaplinski. He's going to join us. But before we get to that, let's do a little bit of order of business. First of all, you can support this show, patreon.com slash Tong, starting at $2 a month. That gets you early access to content, exclusives, and yes, a completely ad-free version of the show. Also, we got to show love. Continue to call in applebitsshow at gmail.com. Record a voice memo on your phone, whether you're on iPhone or Android or whatever platform, and then send it away to applebitsshow. That's applebits with a Z at gmail.com, and we'll put you in the show. So without further ado, the Mac Pro, it's available to order. They'll be shipping in about a week, depending on which configuration you order. So let's get to it. Here's Joe and I talking Mac Pro. All right, everybody. Joe Chaplinski in the house. Josie, friend of the show. Hey, man, uh, thanks for coming on again, as usual, on short notice as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, you know I'm always up for coming on whenever you like. Oh, man, love it. Um, Joe, can you tell people that are listening for the first time maybe where they can find some of your work and some of the stuff that you're doing right now? Sure, sure. I got a podcast called Release Notes that I do uh, every week on Mondays. We release new shows. That's at releasenotes.tv. You can find me, uh, my main website, just the josie.design. Uh, you know, I do design, I do lots of development, stuff like that, freelance, uh, you know, iOS development for the most part. Awesome. And, you know, for people that don't know, also, Joe and I go way, 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 way <laughs> back to these, I guess, was it technically the second Apple store after Tyson's Corner, the Palo Alto one, Steve Jobs' store? Is that, was it the second store in the entire um, Apple store retail? I feel like it was. No, there were the two that they opened at the same time, right? One West yeah. Coast, one East Coast. Yeah, and yeah. Then I think we were supposed to be number three, but then mm. we opened a, li- a little bit later because they couldn't get the construction like permits in Palo Alto or some crazy stuff. I remember Steve was pissed about that. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So we we go we go way back, and you know, you talked about how you do some development, and obviously. The Mac Pro is the big story this week. It finally oh, yeah. dropped, at least for people to order. Um, the headline that's floating around obviously is $52,000 for the maxed out <laughs> Mac Pro that little to no one, um, at least from a consumer standpoint, will be purchasing. But I just love to kind of get your initial thoughts on the Mac Pro and, and the fact mm-hmm. that Apple is finally doing a tower, the tower that we've always asked for. But you have this vocal minority that is making it like oh this thing's crazy what, what are your thoughts on it joe yeah i mean i'm actually a little surprised that the backlash over the price is a little less than i was expecting a couple days before i knew apple you know they said okay we're gonna announce it on december 10th you'll be able to order it so we're like okay they can't hide the price anymore <laughs> you know and that was gonna mm-hmm. come out so i made a snarky tweet i basically said uh, you know how many articles with i can't believe it cost x <laughs> have already been written and they're just waiting to fill in that x and, and hit publish uh, but actually, it's been surprisingly, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people were comparing it to like similarly spec Dells, which it, rightfully are the same price or more. I mean, this is a pro level, super high end machine that almost no one needs. I mean, mm-hmm. App- Apple stops making these things for a reason. It's a very small, you know, <laughs> tiny, tiny little niche of people that need this machine. And Apple's become such a mass market company that it's, it's almost kind of a. I don't even I don't want to say a waste of their time because it isn't. I mean, the, the pros have been loyal customers for a long time and. For Apple, it's a point of pride to be able to say that movies and television shows and all this great YouTube content that you're putting out and stuff is all made on Macs. So it makes sense from them uh, for 
you know, as part of their brand and part of their culture to make this machine, but it's not a machine for the mass market. And it, 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 does, it does seem like people are finally getting that, yeah. which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to your point, when you said the headline is going to be about the 52,000, the number one, you know, Twitter has their trends that pop up and yep. the Mac Pro on the day that it released was the top, one of the top trending things. And the, the headline that was used as the kind of pinned article that opened up the conversation for the general Twitter trends was it's $52,000. So it was exactly right. You, you kind of, yeah. and you know, in a weird way, you know, no press is bad press. The people that are complaining, I, we all make jokes about it is yeah. that this became a trending topic to the general audience who I had a lot of people, right. One of mine got sucked up into the algorithm, but a lot of people, you know, were making the cheese grater joke, but these are people that, have don't follow many tech sites. They just saw the image and they wanted to comment on it. And I think the $52,000 price actually helped create a lot more buzz just yeah. from a general audience than they have been needed. And sometimes that's the genius of this where the Cybertruck, zero marketing dollars from Tesla, yeah. right? The, <laughs> the Mac Pro, cheese grater, whatever you want to call it, fine. They throw more marketing dollars, but at least on day one when it was available for people to buy, this th this kind of took care of itself. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And you're right, that high price tag is definitely the kind of thing that will get the public's attention. Uh, but And again, like, yeah, then you dig into the article and you realize, oh, this is really this crazy machine that Apple's making. And it, it, isn't it cool that Apple is, like, kind of on top again? They're making this massive powered machine that, like, you know, uh, most people wouldn't dream about the about. I mean, I've been watching all the uh, early impressions videos, you know, uh, <laughs> And, and it's it's amazing, like the, the times that they're putting up there, like oh yeah, this yeah the brand new sixteen inch MacBook Pro took twenty minutes to do, mm -hmm. and on, on this machine it's like four. It's like oh man, yeah. that, okay, that's that's significant speed. You know? And and that's the thing, right? I'm I'm a big fan that this actually exists, just because when you were talking earlier about the Mac Pro, that was a community that basically had felt that Apple had turned their backs on them for at least the past. I would argue maybe poet three or four years, even longer than that. How long has the trash? I think the trash cam pro came out. Sorry, I shouldn't call it the trash pro, but the, <laughs> the, the, Mac, the cylindrical trash can came out around 2013, 2014, I believe. And so it's been a long time where people felt like Apple was actually showing them some love. And, you know, they listened to their customers. They made this powerhouse of a desktop that competes with look for most people. A company is going to buy this for you because you're right. editing full-length feature films at 8K, which is getting ready for the 8K, whenever the 8K revolution actually hits consumers two, three, four years, who knows? It's going to be a long time for us to really see 8K stuff. But it's out there to be kind of a high point of this is what we're capable of doing, and that's what pros want, that's what pros need, and we hadn't felt that way from Apple for a long time. I think for you and I, macbook pro lovers i felt like finally they listened to us this year as mm -hmm. well yeah they didn't solve everything but the big things that mattered to us keeping it cool giving us the most power possible and then fixing the keyboard issue i mean i love the new mac pro macbook pro did you did you get the 16 or are you still on 15 because i know you upgrade pretty much almost every year yeah no i'm a 13 inch user lately so oh. i'm waiting I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hold out for the 14 or you know whatever mm -hmm. smaller version comes out but i did get a chance to play with the keyboard and i was pleasantly surprised I, i'm one of these people who actually likes the lower action on the butterfly i don't like the reliability issues obviously mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but i like the feel of that keyboard and so i was worried it was going to feel kind of like bad comparative for me i know i'm in a very small minority in that uh, <laughs> case um but but i actually have played with that keyboard and i'm like okay this is this actually still feels really good and if, if this is as reliable as people are saying and it makes everyone else happy you know all the people who really love the 2015 keyboard um i thought wow what a great move uh, and yeah I, th I think that solved all of their problems in that arena but can we take a can we take a step back for a moment oh, let's just, all, yes let's we, go ahead can, can we pour one out for the for the trash can oh, uh, 2013 absolutely uh, absolutely i'm gonna put in the little sound effect which is the liquor getting poured some poured out right now <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I came around to understand it. Like when that thing was first announced, I remember looking at it just like, wow, this is a marvel of engineering. Yes. I bought into the Phil Schiller, everything he was saying, innovation, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> and and I did. I thought, like, what an amazing, you know, from a heat dissipation perspective, all this stuff, and like, what it, only Apple could do this kind of a thing. But then I was talking to all my friends who literally edit. They, they live in Final Cut Pro, or they live in Premiere, they live in all these you know high end video apps, the 3D people I know. 
And they were like, Joe, this, this machine doesn't suit me at all. Like I can't use this thing. They think we're going to get all these external cards and they don't exist yet. And this and that. And you know, they had to talk me down and make me understand why this machine was so not the right thing for them. And so, yeah, it's, it's this incredible feat of engineering that it's, it's kind of like the cube. It just was ahead mm-hmm. of its time and not the right product. And so when they went, to, you know, when they said, okay, we're going to announce a brand new Mac Pro and you know, the, the, all the anticipation was coming up this year's WWDC. And it's like, oh, are they going to finally show us this thing? And a lot of people were scared, rightfully. So, you know, is Apple going to you know, do the same thing again and come up with some brilliantly you know, executed egghead machine that no one wants? <laughs> or are they going to actually <laughs> just give us the actual machine we're asking for? Just give me a big box that I can throw cards in. you know? Uh, and I wasn't worried. I kind of figured, well, Apple wouldn't make this machine. They wouldn't do that again. They can't be that crazy. Right? <laughs> like, and, like, they have to know that like, this tiny little niche market is not going to go. Because like, Apple does drag us forward into the future. I mean, the, uh, Steve Jobs famously said, people don't know what they want until you show it to them. So like the iPod, the iMac, all these, these computers, like, and the iPhone, of course, like everyone, oh, we got to have a keyboard, got to have a keyboard. And the next thing you know, he's like, no, here's the touchscreen. <laughs> and mm-hmm. We, we understood after the fact that we, we were right, you know, and you can, you can drag consumers into the future that way. But these pros that have to make their living on these machines every day, like they are not going to be dragged <laughs> into yeah. all they want is more speed. And all they want is like, give me tools that make my job easier today, not tomorrow, not two years from now. And so to me, it's, it was more likely that Apple would just stop making pros altogether than that they would make another trash can. And so I was pretty psyched. I, I, pretty much figured they're either if they're going to announce this thing it's going to have to be pretty much what people wanted and then when they announced it it was even more of like here here's exactly what you asked for (laughs) you know here's the exact and right and like for the so that that entire crowd seems to be accepting it they're all you know they they showed off how it has been used in audio studios you know making new albums and video houses and people seem to like okay apple thanks you finally gave me what i wanted okay and and the only question now is like will this be another five years before they update this thing or are they going to keep it up to date like obviously the chassis is pretty much good to go uh they just need to be able to keep the latest processors in it like keep make sure drivers and whatever are you know for whatever new video cards come out uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, you know, I wanted to pay a little homage to the original trash. <laughs> I, I, I never bought one. I'm never going to buy one of these macros either, but I, it was, it was like one of those machines that's just like, it, it belongs in a museum, but it does not belong in, in a professional you know, video house, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I, this is not a machine that I I'm in, I'm in the ballpark for ballpark for, although I love it. And, you know, you talked about earlier when we look at some of these first impression videos about the raw speed on it. So this is, this is how I also look at it from, from a value standpoint. Okay. So they MKBHD compared them and said, okay, on a current maxed out 16 inch MacBook Pro, it takes 20 minutes. And uh, he was able to crunch that same video on a Mac Pro. And the thing is, they gave them um, a 28 core right, Mac yeah. Pro. I, I spec <laughs> I specked out the actual Mac Pro that they gave to a few of the YouTubers, and it was basically a thirty three thousand dollar machine. Okay, that <laughs> which is just like. Dear God, right? Right. That is literally almost a un unspecked out Tesla Model Three. I mean, when you put some of this stuff, in, when you think about this, like right. they right. never back in our day, we never. I'm trying to think. I felt like maybe at the time the highest Mac Pro might have been around uh, 12 to 15k, but we never saw anything like 33k or 52k mm-hmm. based on what they're throwing at this thing. I, I don't remember. Do you remember anything getting even close to like twenty thousand back in the day for a tower? No, I remember like ten grand, yeah, twelve yeah. grand, maybe. Yeah, you're right. And like, you're right. The the low end is you know the entry level of this machine, which no one's going to buy probably. <laughs> uh, you know, is is within limits of what Mac Pro has always been. You know, six mm-hmm. grand. That's about what you know you'd expect. But yeah, the 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 upper end has really gone up, and most of that though, when you look at the actual numbers, is RAM. I mean, RAM. Mm-hmm. They, this thing can can hold so much RAM. And uh, honestly, that's, you know, so they, they put the 28 core machine, that $33,000 machine, the difference between that and the $52,000 machine is that he didn't fill it up with RAM. Yeah, <laughs> you know? oh, yeah basically. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's as far as the processors go and things, it's not that pricey. It really gets pricey when you add things like the RAM. And, they, you know, SSD drives still haven't come down as they're getting cheaper, but they're not quite as cheap as they used to be or as they need to be rather. Um, but yeah. And then the other thing they didn't spec out on any of these I noticed is the wheels. <laughs> I knew, you know, I knew, I knew we were going to get there because we were, we've got how, like, okay, $52,000 is fine. But you know, when I, right when it came out, I expected, I'm like, wait, what the, what the hell is this? And I, I guess it got sucked in the algorithm because I was one of the early people to mention it. But the, the feed on this is standard, right? Though just flat, 
feet, but if you want the wheels, it's literally a four hundred dollar <laughs> add-on for four MF in wheels on a Mac Pro. Yep. Yeah, and and you don't even get the feet at that point. They don't no. give you like the the spare feet no. that you can swap out. You just get the wheels only. Yeah. Yeah. Wheel, wheels only, man. As far as I can tell, there's there, I don't even think they have locks on those wheels. But yeah, hundred bucks. I mean, it's the kind of thing where. You kind of expect. I made a joke about German cars. I mean, like, like when you, you I remember, like, what was it? Like the, earlier this year, or last year, you know, BMW said they're going to start charging like thirty bucks a year for CarPlay. Yeah, everyone, yeah. Everyone flipped out. Like, oh my god, how dare you charge me every year for CarPlay? And I'm like, it's a BMW. You paid a hundred grand for the car. You're going to complain about thirty dollars a year. Like, just luxury brands understand that. Like, once you hit a certain threshold of price difference, like that. <laughs> You, you tack on the four hundred dollars to a fifty thousand dollar machine, and your accountant is not going to complain. You know, <laughs> like it's, like they know that they can charge that. Obviously, those wheels probably cost Apple ten bucks to make, maybe uh, unless they're made out of like solid, you know, diamond, you know, instant. In, in, so, I don't know what the hell. You know. Vulcan, vulca- vulcanized rubber right. uh, import, imported from the Hawaiian, you know, yep. from the Hawaiian volcanoes. Like that's that's the level of. You know, this is a specific rubber from a specific area imported specifically yep. for these tires, hand molded, handcrafted. Like it has to be like that type of thing. I I mean, literally four hundred dollars for wheels for your <laughs> Mac Pro is around the cost of actual tires for a car. Right. Like when you yeah. get your tires replaced, you know, they're around one fifty a pop. Yeah. That was wild. I mean, I, I feel like Apple's just trolling us at this point. You know? Yeah, well, it's kind of like the thousand dollar stand. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe there is something special about these wheels because the, you know that stand <laughs> is, is it's a thousand dollar piece of aluminum, and Apple knows most people aren't going to buy that stand anyway. They'll use a Visa mount or whatever. But you know, it, there is a lot of engineering that goes into that stand, and that does help them with profit margins and whatnot. So, I mean, there's yeah, like I said, there's psychology going on there. I, I I'm just curious to see if there's like an aftermarket like. MacBook, you know, Mac Pro wheels, you know, kind of thing. Like, will I somebody want, come out with like two hundred dollars wheels or something? I want actually, I want the aftermarket market to come out with rims specifically for your Mac Pro, like spinner rims or some or oh Apple logo god. rims. Like, someone can do that, right? Someone, someone could totally to do, do that. that. Someone has to do that. Oh my god, that would be brilliant. Like, like someone needs to make rims for your freaking Mac Pro. That's what I want to see. That's and make, and make the like. What are those wheels? Those wheels are like like four inches or something. Like make them like eight inches. Like make them like really big. <laughs> oh my god, that that would be oh that would be so cool. oh my god, I love that. Here's an honest question: How are you supposed to know what to do with your money? Well, very few of us are exposed to meaningful advice on how to manage our finances. Even few of us have the means to get professional financial guidance. So Betterment is a platform that was built to do something radical. Give accessible financial advice that puts you first. Now, if you're like most Americans, your money is probably sitting in a savings account, likely earning you next to nothing. Maybe you have an investment account that you're not really sure what to do with. Betterment can help you make sense of what to do with your money. Investing, we know this, it involves risk, but you don't have to know the ins and outs of the stock market to start saving more or start investing in your future. Betterment's technology will put your money to work, choosing the stocks and strategies that are right for you and really strive to make you the most money because Betterment knows you have other things to do. Betterment's platform can even provide guidance on what financial goals make sense for you. So give your money a new home with Betterment. Peace of mind included. Download the Betterment app today. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-M-E-N-T for the betterment of you. So we have the Mac Pro. And, you know, here's the thing with all that performance, too. uh, Some of the quick things when we're talking about the customizations. uh, Yes, the wheels are available as an option. The two things that are still coming soon for people, if anyone is listening out there that might get a maxed out Mac Pro, it currently only has the four terabyte solid state drive option, but Mm -hmm. the eight terabyte solid state drive option, which is in the current 16 inch MacBook Pro that came out, they said that's coming soon for the Mac Pro. So that's not available yet. That will actually bump it up. I remember, I think the eight terabyte solid state drive on the MacBook Pro was something around like a $2,000 plus option. Right mm-hmm. now, four terabytes is at fourteen hundred. So, you know, you might even bump this max price up another thousand when that uh, storage comes out. And then also, they offered kind of more of a a middle tier video card, the Radeon Pro W fifty seven hundred X, and they also offer a dual Radeon Pro W fifty seven X configuration that will be coming soon as well. So, you have a few customizations, but you know, when I go back to talking about the price, this thing. 
let's say the YouTubers got a $33,000 spec out machine. You know, I have a maxed out 16 inch MacBook Pro because it literally cut my render speed in half, which was wow. Oh, yeah, I, which was great um, from the previous generation. But, you know, when I look at this Mac Pro, $33,000 gets you one fifth of what the result of the speed is basically five times faster than what I can export on my MacBook Pro. So 20 minutes to four minutes, my MacBook Pro spec'd out. I didn't get the eight terabyte solid state drive was roughly just under, I think, $6,000. So 6000 mm -hmm. to 20000 maybe is that about a little bit over a third of the price, right? Is that, right. is that, I know this can handle a, heavier duty files but like we said it's not really for most people is my time <laughs> is it worth thirty three thousand dollars and you know it could be a little more fifty two thousand just to get those extra minutes away i mean i don't i don't i guess it's more about the power than it is about the time saving at that point right yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It depends on what you're doing and how much money you make per video. You know, like obviously, <laughs> people like you doing your own content, right? Somebody like Renee Ritchie, that guy puts out a video like every day, every right? damn day. Uh, but even that, he he's probably not going to get the value because it's still one video a day. Like that's still his limitation. So it's yeah. a question of do I want to spend an extra hour, you know, having a cocktail at the end of the night versus waiting <laughs> for this thing to render? That's not going to make him more money per se. He can't suddenly start putting out two videos a day because he's doing everything himself. But if you're you're kind of an editing editing shop and you've got clients coming in and your limitation right now is how fast you can actually you know, get the render out and hand over to the customer. If you have that many customers knocking on your door, I guess it is possible to make mm -hmm. more money with these machines. But yeah, it's I, I think for all intents and purposes, you know, ninety nine percent of people out there, the MacBook Pro that they just released that sixteen inch is the powerhouse machine to get. You know, for mm -hmm anyone who's like an indie kind of doing a thing on their own because that machine you get so much bang for your buck and you're right like maxing it out or coming as close as possible to maxing it out is is you know, that's great value for money because you're going to be able to just tear through those that timing and, and uh you know uh, it, it's just not going to limit you the way you might be limited by a machine that doesn't quite have that kind of power but yeah when you when you talk about the difference i mean you compared it to a tesla i mean it, it kind of it's kind of like oh my god that's yeah that's a huge amount of money to spend on the computer but the tesla is definitely not going to make you that kind of money i guess unless you review them for a living <laughs> you know? that's true that's true that is true uh, like i yeah so i don't know i mean like i said i, I think there's a reason why they, they make these machines you know it, it, they're kind of like this is the why it's the machine they build in america because they only have to make a couple you know i don't even know how many of these apple cells in a quarter I, I don't know honestly right what do you do you think the number and even you know sometimes movie studios are they're not always ready to just jump on the latest tech right right away like that that takes time i i really i wish i wish apple still reported their specific sales numbers and i mm -hmm. wish we found out how many of these actually sold in the first quarter because i mean okay worldwide could we be t could we honestly be talking like under 500 of these oh i i don't know about that. that's a good question you know, i don't I mean, know i'm just throwing out a number it's certainly not in the millions, like you know, an iMac <laughs> or something like that. You know, so that's yeah, exactly. So when you're making that few of these things, uh, and like you said, if people are buying these. I can't imagine people are going to be replacing these more than like every decade or so. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I I really don't know. That's that's what I mean about this machine being more about Apple's brand than it is about yeah, making totally. profits. You know, uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It's like if Apple can't make money with it and you can't make money with it, <laughs> then why does it exist? You know. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, it's all these ephemeral kinds of reasons. But I, totally. I do. I'm glad the machine's out there in Apple. It's 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 kind of like when Ferrari, you know, does mm. the racing the racing circuit. You know, uh, you know, there's all this renewed thing about you know the Ford and Ferrari in the '60s and how they were competing with each other. And it's like, yeah, it, it's all about that status to say like, well, the guy buying the the 16 inch MacBook Pro in the shop wants to know that they're getting the brand that is also has that powerhouse, you know, sports racing champion over there called the Mac Pro that I'm never going to buy. But it, it makes you feel like you're part of this top brand. Totally. Um, so yeah, there's there's this kind of intangible bit there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's it's fascinating to me. I would love to. Talk. I know a few people who could potentially be in the market for this. I don't know anyone personally who's buying one right now. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't either. I would love. 
even the monitor, like the monitor is, I think is totally worth the oh money my God. For, for what it is. And I would love to just plug my computer in. I, well, actually, my 13 inch can't even drive that monitor, but uh, you know, like I would love to see, just get it, get a look at it from with my own eyes. But um, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> just the, the fact that that thing exists is amazing, but I hope that's, it's sort of like a, a stepping stone to them making a kind of a $1,200 version of, of a regular monitor, you know, just give me the yeah, that, that's, that's exactly yeah. what, what, you know, when you're talking about, having this kind of North star or all the tech that they pack in this, the monitor, the Apple pro XDR display, although mocked for its $1,000 stand is, the, is <laughs> might, might argue, might arguably be the most exciting revelation from this whole package, because that's the type of tech that they can easily over time scale down, maybe incorporate it into a future iMac. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, it's not like we need a display at this level yet, but, you know, I think when a people tend to poo-poo or criticize, oh, why are they making this? Why are they making that? You've got to – you. there always has to be a company that pushes things out. And to your point of saying, you know, Apple always kind of pride had pride in saying, we're going to take you where where we think we should go next. And for the most part, they've been pretty on the money uh, with, with those visions, specifically during the SJ era and, and now. But I love the fact that this exists because out of the whole thing, the, the display is attainable to a certain degree and I haven't seen it yet in person. Everyone says it's amazing. It probably is still overkill for what I need, but if I was able to somehow find one of my friends that works at Apple who tends to get a 25% discount on a single display every year, and then I use an Apple card with additional 6% for before December 31st, it becomes a little more compelling if I know this is a display that can plug right into my new MacBook Pro and that I'll most likely be using for the next five, 10 plus years. And it's a legitimate top tier display. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I really think that it is, you're right. Attainable is a good way to put it. Cause I do think there are some MacBook pro users who will buy that. I, I think they'll sell more of these monitors in other words than they do of the Mac pro itself. And that alone, just because so many people are, are just hankering for a decent monitor from Apple mm-hmm. and, and the five, the 5k monitor market is not, great right now and you know i know this thing is a 6k which is even better but you know i, I think that the market's out there when apple stopped making monitors it sort of left this hole in the market and you know the, i mean the lgs are out there and dell has always mm-hmm. had competitive things out there but it doesn't feel like anyone's being pushed to to really innovate and really mm-hmm. make like a top-notch monitor so i really hope that apple gets back into that kind of prosumer level yeah. monitor market i think they'd make a killing at this point there's plenty of people who are still hanging on to their old 27 inch cinema displays seriously uh, yeah, because they love them, and it's like you, know, you make the basically all, all anyone wants is the five K you know, iMac Pro monitor, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and just make that a standalone monitor with that same. Because I know the LG is technically the same panel, but like there's something about the way Apple's driving it right in the iMac that like to me every time I look at the iMac Pro, I'm like that's the best screen I've ever seen. Oh, it's so nice! It's so uh, nice. It's, yeah, and so like make that thing possible out there for somewhere under two thousand dollars, and I think people will scoop that up in a heartbeat. I mean, what what could we see in the next year or two? The iMac Pro XDR, like seriously, that would be yeah. sick. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, that's what allows this um, allows this to happen. the The other thing when we're talking about the display, the nano coating texture, which is kind of fascinating to me because they basically use lasers to almost cut the glass on a nano level <laughs> to help to create this kind of matte finish that kills a lot of glare and haze that we normally see on matte screens. That's the thing that I want to see as well. Like I'm, I'm fascinated by the idea about it because everyone that has at least seen it now, I don't know if they paid with their own money for it or got a really crazy discount or they're just using loaners, but they're all blown away by it. They all said it is, is honestly awesome. And I'm, I'm really curious to see that as well. Yeah, it's supposed to be like the best of both worlds, right? I mean, obviously, the problem with a matte finish, if anyone has put like a matte kind of coating on their iPhone or whatever, you can see how it, it kind of just messes with the color mm-hmm. and it kind of it makes everything a little duller, uh, obviously, but it, it solves the huge problem of the glare, which is what's, you know, why these shiny screens have a problem, depending on your environment, especially if you're around a window or somewhere with light. Uh, and so it, 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 se- it really seems to be this sort of miracle method, <laughs> this laser etching <laughs> that basically you know, manages to get rid of the glare without affecting the actual you know, the fidelity of the color. Uh, and that is, you know, again, yeah, an amazing thing. And that's the sort of thing like, okay, 
some of the other bits of, of that monitor are pretty high tech and like, you know, that monitor is like an inch thick for a reason, right? So that shrinking that down to an iMac might take a few years, but this coding is the kind of thing they probably could do. The, mm-hmm. the biggest barrier to that is probably price because obviously they're charging a thousand bucks for it. It probably doesn't cost them a thousand bucks to do that edge, but, um, you know, it, it's probably not at the point yet where they need that. But I could see that coming to an iMac Pro before the rest of the tech per se. Even, even coming to iPhones, right? They, they yeah, could, they yeah. could bring that. I mean, when you said this is like a miracle technology, I was just thinking to myself, like Joe, Joe, the XDR display nano coating texture is it? It's a Christmas miracle, Joe. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. It's a Christmas miracle. The Mac Pro, my goodness. Um, other other things to note about this thing, real quickly, a new a new accessory because we sometimes forget. This doesn't have an actual webcam in it in any way, shape, or form. So if you go to the accessories page on Apple Store, not only do they offer a variety of these different video card MPX modules, that's kind of like the slot where you can just drop these video cards in, which allows people to add different types of upgrades in the future, which is great. They also have RAM upgrades. But Logitech made a specific exclusive 4K webcam for the Pro Display XDR that rests on top of it and i'm like i always look at this and i know there's no way we're getting a camera like this in a macbook pro but mm-hmm. i'd like something more than 720p and so when i see this i just like cool you guys got a webcam for the apple pro display but i'd still like a real better web camera in my macbook pro like yeah desperately that, that- <laughs> that seems to be the one and only complaint about the new MacBook Pro, right? Is that the camera's still 720. And so it's obviously something that Apple's hopefully aware of now. Uh, and yeah, I, uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, even, uh, you know, Jessica, my girlfriend, was saying, you know, she, she gets on Zoom calls all the time, for, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, and because she works remotely. And she's like, I look terrible in this thing. When are they going to put a better camera in the Mac? And I thought, she's like, I just want to get an external webcam. You know, can't we just buy a nice camera and then I'll pick it up? And like, it seems like a waste like of a really nice camera to like just mm-hmm. point it at you. But it makes sense, you know. And so, yeah, I was talking with a couple of friends of mine. Like that, that webcam announcement kind of went under the radar. No one really talked about it. I, yeah. I completely, I completely. I didn't even know it. they actually. I don't even know if they actually outright put it in the keynote announcement. I, I feel like this this accessory just showed up on the store. I don't. I don't remember yeah. them even calling it out. Right. Maybe exactly. I, right. Yeah, but I heard that maybe is it, is it Thunderbolt or something? Does it? Uh, someone was telling me that it only works with like the latest MacBook Pros and and the Mac Pro, but that it won't work with like a my 13 inch, for instance. But I can't imagine like it's a webcam; it shouldn't be that much. Like, yeah. it, it should be USB C, as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't. I'm looking at it. I don't know if it outright says. I have, I'll have to look on the store, but yeah, I, I can't tell right now. Yeah, I would love to figure out the compatibility because if that's you know. How much is it anyway? Do you know? How it's much a it it's a two hundred dollars one ninety nine ninety five, which is okay. the price of two Mac Pro wheels. <laughs> right. Just, just want to uh, give you a little perspective here. Per- perfectly reasonable price, in other words. So, so yeah, <laughs> I, I think two hundred dollars. You know, is if this satisfies her desire to look better in Zoom videos, I'm like I'm okay with that. You know, that sounds like a, a nice Christmas gift. You know, like. <laughs> so, I, I just looked it up here. Um, it connects via USB C. Oh, okay. There you go. So there shouldn't be any reason why it wouldn't be compatible with any USB-C Mac. So yeah, it just or, comes down if there's like a clip on it that will balance right. properly on um on your laptop. It it is a 4K Ultra HD camera. It says it also has HDR technology, which optimizes whether you're, you might look blown at or not. Like the actual camera, mm. I thought it was interesting. They call it Right Light Three technology, advanced HDR tech in um, your webcam because we need to look we need to look real fancy, Joe. Hey, I need all the help I can get. You know? There's a re- <laughs> reason why. The reason why I do audio podcasts. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my gosh, hilarious! So you know that that's the Mac Pro. I mean, in in a kind of just looking overall, I'm a, I'm super happy it exists. I am very intrigued by the XDR display. I don't think I'll be pulling the trigger anytime soon, but that is kind of the piece that I think is like we talked about the most accessible of it. Is there any other things? What What do you think about the design of it when you first saw it i know everyone called it like the cheese grater but at the same time i think it's it's kind of like hey it gives people something that they can relate it to in their real world and it kind of makes it a little more friendly i think the design looks pretty sick personally 
Yeah, I mean, when I first looked at it in pictures or whatever, because the announcement, you know, online, uh, uh, it, I didn't get the a sense of the size of it, and that often happens mm-hmm. with Apple products. Like, I, I thought it was like more like the regular, the original towers size wise, and this thing is actually a little bit bigger than that. Right? It's it's kind of like the Cybertruck, as you mentioned. It's one of those things that's super polarizing. A lot of people are like, "Oh my god, that's totally. hideous!" But like, I looked at it, I was like, "That's kind of cool." <laughs> like, yeah. it's certainly you know, and so yeah, it's it's it pays nice homage to the original cheese grater and why it was a cheese grater in the first place, which which is to, to have those big fan and air ducts uh and so it, it serves a practical purpose i love the way you, you kind of just snap you turn the thing the handle yeah. and pop it up to get into it and you can totally just gut the insides it, the cool thing too that I, they, uh, they mentioned i saw in a couple of youtube videos there's a usb port inside the machine mm. and, and a lot of people were speculating as to why that's in there for me it's uh, that's perfect for a lot of the music software that i use still uses believe it or not these little usb dongles yes. as like the private you know, pi- uh, piracy protection and so, like, to plug that inside the machine and then lock the machine closed, that prevents someone from coming in there to your office and stealing that little dongle, which is, you know, worth, the, you know, whatever the software is worth, because without it, they won't let you use it. So I can see why that would be a pretty practical thing. But, yeah, design-wise, I thought it was, you know, it, it's it's a machine that you're going to put under your desk, right, for the most part. <laughs> so it needs to be more practical than anything. But it, it looks sleek, and it looks like an Apple design product to me. And, and I think the, the giant holes in the front are kind of cool-looking. You know, it's it's almost like a piece of modern art, but yeah. not, not in a way that, like, the trash can was, like, clearly built for beauty. Uh, this is <laughs> this, this kind of has, like, a practical beauty to it that's uh, – I don't know. It's, it's elegant on its own while still being very, very much, uh, you know, a, a, f- a function over form kind of kind of situation. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the design is really cool, I think. And I think with a mo- matching monitor, it looks I think the monitor looks really good. I know you're, you're yeah. getting me. You're getting me now. Like, think about <laughs> the more that we've been taught. This is what is the problem, Joe, when we talk. Now I'm like, ooh, display. Maybe, maybe she. I'm like, okay, just, just hold your horses. Just chill out. Just chill out. Uh, I think like a th- I even did some shopping. I think like LG has a 34 inch ultra wide version of their display, and it's like twelve hundred dollars. Whereas the Apple XDR display without any discounts is basically if you get it fully loaded with the stand, it's like seven thousand bucks. Right. Just, yeah. I'm just gonna well, need to control myself a little bit. Seven thousand minus six percent. Come on, let's be fair. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Hey, uh, I, it's funny you mentioned that. I did the calculation on if someone, first of all, the Apple card. I don't. I don't know what the max limit is, but I'm pretty sure it's not anywhere close to fifty two thousand no. dollars. <laughs> but um, if if there was uh, a card that had that potential opportunity, I think you could save uh, a little over three thousand dollars if you buy the fifty two thousand configured Mac Pro with uh, with Apple Card six percent. Yes, I mean. That's an that's an ad for everyone. Just go and sign up for your Apple card. Oh, do you know? What? <laughs> Quick thing, I finally got approved for it after all this time. Like, oh wow, that's right. Yeah, it's a big saga for you. Right? It was like just under eight hundred credit rating, l- less than two percent uh, bills that I needed to pay off, which, which is under two thousand dollars. And I was like, why can't I get approved for this damn card? And then all of a sudden. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try. I waited like two, three months. I'm like, I'm just going to try. And then I got approved. I'm like, wow, that was really hard. Yeah. You know, there's something really funky going on. You heard all the stories about Waz and the, uh, the accusations of, of sexism and stuff. Oh, yeah. I, really, I think there's something really strange about Apple's like or Goldman Sachs's algorithm mm-hmm. here. Because, yeah, I mean, for me, the, the percentage rate they gave me was like, let's just say it was higher than I was expecting by mm-hmm. a long shot. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like. So they, they do seem to be like ultra conservative about who they're giving this card to mm-hmm. and like and the, and the different rates they're doing. Like, I definitely think this is not the standard industry. You know, I don't I don't know if they're looking for a different kind of customer you know, or something. Mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, and I think they're new to this. I, you know, for Golden Sachs, they didn't have a consumer card before this, I think. So, yeah, I think that's a learning curve for them. They, they're definitely screwing some stuff up there and they, they kind of have to straighten that out. Uh, I think long term, they're going to realize how much money they're making with this card. Uh, like like I joked when they came up with it, this card made perfect sense to me. I think Apple eventually will make more money as a bank than, than they ever mm-hmm. made with computers. Um, so, you know, the, the, this is obviously a huge potential profit center for them. So, um, you know, learning curve and, and growing pains and all that. I do think that'll turn around. But yeah, it's just fascinating to me that people like you and like everyone I know had like a little more trouble than they should have with the Apple card. Yeah, I was, I was uh, surprised. Have you used it um, to purchase any stuff? Like, do you do you like the experience with it, or do you not, or did you get it just to have that dope titanium card? Because that's really not, fun. No, honestly, I didn't have any cards that gave me like straight up cash back anyway. So mm-hmm. for me, it's it was a no brainer just because anything I buy Apple, I'll just buy through that and get my three yeah. percent. Right? 
and I buy more Apple Gear than the average person. But I've, I'm surprising myself. I, I pretty much use it as a debit card. I just use it for oh. like my ca- cafes, because anywhere that I'll take Apple Pay, I'll just use it, and then I just pay it off every day. You know, and, yeah, and so yeah. it's just, it's just one extra step in a debit card kind of thing. Only I'm getting that three percent or two percent, you know, what, or, you know, whatever it is. And even the physical card, I'm finding like at restaurants and stuff, I'll, I'll just whip it out and use it instead of uh, using my regular card. Do you, do you so, whip it? Do you whip it by your hair, Joe, where you kind of flip it up, and you know, <laughs> just so it hits those locks in slow motion, like you know, here, here's my Apple card, sir. I know, yeah, I know, yeah. you do something stupid like that. Well, it's really funny. I, I was uh, I was at Shake Shack getting lunch one day, <laughs> and uh, they don't have like you know a, a tap to pay reader or whatever. And I, so I hand her my card, my Apple card. And she looks and she goes, "Oh, we don't take Apple Pay." I'm like, "Oh no, this isn't Apple Pay. It's a card." She's like, "This isn't a credit card." I'm like, "Yes, it is. Look, it's got a strike on the back." Like she didn't get it. It was really funny. I've had lots of the, the more often what I get is people just look at it and go, wow, that's a really nice card. Where do I get this? And I'm like, I, I can't believe I'm going to be a walking commercial. For that. But yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. That's awesome. All right, Joe. Um, thank, thanks so much for chatting it up and talking shop. It's always a pleasure. Uh, final verdict, Mac pro good apple, bad apple for you. Oh, huge. Good apple for me, yeah. even though I'm not buying one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm there with you. All right, Joe. Um, again, just remind people where they can find your stuff again. And we'll always have you back on the show. You're such a you're such a stud, man. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, well, I love being here. So thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, you can find me at joec.design and you can find my podcast release notes at releasenotes.tv. Awesome. All right, Joe. Until the next time, um, probably we'll talk to you after the holidays, but enjoy the time with family and friends and loved ones. And we'll talk to you soon, bro. Yeah, same to you. Thanks. All right, that was Joe C., Joe Chaplinski, friend of the show. Man, we go way back. So always fun to just talk shop about a company that we have so much history with, especially when there's a new product, the Mac Pro, that just dropped. All right, I've told you all to continue to call in. I think I've been holding off calls for about the past two weeks or so because we've had a bunch of interviews and then I was out of town and had just come back from a Qualcomm's event in, I know, Hawaii last week. So I've got six calls deep for you. Some of you have been waiting, I think, like two, two and a half weeks, but it's still relevant. It still makes sense. So let's jump into the calls, and the first one we're going to start off with is my man, Sturgios. Hi, Brian. This is Sturgios from Montreal, Canada. I wanted to know if you thought we would be getting any new Apple TV hardware before the holidays. Thanks for all the great content you put out there, and greetings from the north. From the north. Okay, so Sturgios, Apple TV, new Apple TV. Today is, what, December... The 12th, I believe. Yes, it is. Um, I think the Apple TV, a new model coming out, slim to none chances, and slim just left the building. So if you do that, think about that in your head. That would leave it to chances of being none. I would be shocked if they dropped one right before this next week or so. So we'll move on to the next year. It is a little surprising to me because Apple TV typically gets refreshed every two years or so. It's been about two, I think two and a half years now. So we'll see what they do. They can't really do much other than maybe add uh, digital output and put in a faster processor. Um, I don't think they'll put Wi-Fi 6 in it yet. They don't need to, but those would be the three tweaks. And at the same time, if you look at what Apple TV 4K does right now, it already supports Dolby Atmos, HDR, Dolby Vision. It doesn't really need to do much and they can kind of still wait it out a little longer The next jump, I know it sounds crazy, is if and when any 8K content comes out. Quite honestly, because Apple does have their own Apple TV Plus service, they could try to be one of those drivers to get 8K content out there, but obviously it comes down to bandwidth as well. I'm sure a majority of people won't even have a large enough download speed to get, even if it's compressed, a streaming 8K video that it looks of quality. So, but they could do it. I'm going to be I'm going to be optimistic, but as for the Apple TV 4K, it ain't going to happen in 2019. All right, next up, got a friend from the north as well. Oh, hey Brian, it's your boy Canada here. Cameron Evans calling you once again, Brian from Port-au-Prince, Ontario, Canada. I'm just going to use that nickname every time I call into the podcast from now on. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts. I was recently listening to the podcast talking about how many iPhones are coming out in the next three plus years. We've heard the rumors about iPhone SE2. We've heard the rumors about the new 
uh, iPhones coming in 2020, 2021, etc. And it got me wandering to a fundamental Apple question slash maybe greater technology question. You know, with all Samsung Galaxy Edge, with the Google Pixel, with all of these phones that can do so many great things, the only thing we're able to advance really is the cameras. Are we to a point now, do you think, Brian, where the iPhone and all of the other latest and greatest smartphones out there are to a point where they can do already so many things. When do you think we're going to hit that point where, you know, we won't be upgrading our phones every year because they can't really do anything else truly innovative? And do you think we're to that point now? Or do you think maybe we're going to be we still have a few more years before we get to that point. So that's kind of question one. And then just follow up on the second question. Which phone really would you be eyeballing in 2021 that's kind of your pick to say that's the phone to get? Anyway, just wanted to get your thoughts. All right, Brian, thanks very much. Looking forward to hearing from you. Oh, Canada, our home and native land. Are those the right? Are those the right lyrics? Can someone? Can someone? I think they are. Uh, was it true patriot love? I I can't remember that. I'll stop singing now. Okay, Oh Camada. I'm sticking with that. I love it. Call in whenever. First up, have phones plateaued? Have they? Can they innovate anymore? I will tell you. Yeah, for the average consumer, yes, but. The next thing that's coming is going to be AR. It's going to be using these phones as a window to our world. They're already amazing cameras. Can they get slimmer? Yes. Can they get better battery life? Yes. So do the fundamental things because the iPhone 11 Pro surprised me because I did not think Apple would care about giving us the fundamental stuff we care about. And when my phone easily lasts through the end of the day, it makes me love it more. When my phone has the overall best camera system integrated together in one, it makes me love my phone more. So sometimes it doesn't have to be innovation. Sometimes it just has to be do the things that we care about, right? But I think there's a lot more room to grow because I just came back from that Qualcomm, Snapdragon, XR2, AR, VR platform stuff. And I think there's actually exciting stuff coming where we're gonna get to a point where we can finally, I think the biggest thing for me that I don't like about AR and VR is, yeah, I'm not gonna spend more than 20, 30 minutes in it tops, but the fidelity still isn't clear enough. I I put on reference headsets where they're delivering that 3K to each eye, running that at 90 hertz refresh rate, and it looked nice to be in. Do you Can you still get motion sickness? Yes, but AR has still a long ways to go, heck. Even Qualcomm is partnering with Niantic, the godfather of Pokemon Go, to make their own glasses. We're going to move from the phone. The phone's going to end up eventually becoming our wrist phone or Apple Watch. That That's the next move eventually, even though there will be people that still want big screens. And then we're going to get to our glasses. So I don't know if it's necessarily the phone is going has more to offer, but the phone itself and where we wear it and how we use it is what's really gonna evolve. So I, I look at it more as tech in general, but I still think, right, for the most part, I I think I'd be carrying my phone around at least another three to five years before I make the jump. I don't even wear glasses, so it's gotta be special. It's gotta be special. And then the other question you had, what phone will I buy in 2021? I got one answer for you. <laughs> the iPhone, because I'm in the ecosystem, unless it's really crappy then I won't buy it. I have skipped generations before. Um, I believe I skipped the five, did I skip the 5S? I believe I skipped, or the 4S, which was the Siri phone. I kept 5S because 5S was a touch ID, I believe. So I skipped the 4S and I skipped the 10S, 10S. Those are the two models I've skipped. I'm always willing to skip if they don't bring it. But 2020 is gonna be a special phone for the iPhone the only reason maybe why you get the 2021 iPhone is because we'll actually see the fingerprint sensor in screen if you really want that and if it really brings that fast reaction back. But we'll see, all right? Thanks, Kamada. All right, that was a long answer. Next up, we've got my man, Scott. He wants to talk about the Vroom Vroom. Hey, Brian, it's Scott from SoCal. So, of course, we've all just seen a bunch of coverage on the new Tesla Cybertruck. We've also seen Rivian's take on the electronic pickup truck. It's a bit more classic look. So my question for you is, 
what would an Apple-produced electronic pickup truck be like? What would be some of the key features? Obviously, it would have the assistant. It would have AirPlay 2. Some of the controls inside would stick, so that way it would feel familiar for Mac users. But I was wondering what else you thought would be some key takeaways or key features from an Apple-made electronic pickup. Love the show, man. Thanks. Okay, this was... I feel like this is a softball, guys, because... (laughs) We talked about the Mac Pro all day. The Mac Pro has four wheels, son. You could put four wheels on a Mac Pro, and guess what? That is the new Apple car. That is the new Apple pickup truck. It literally costs as much as a Cybertruck. It costs as much, if not more, than a Ford F-150. That is Apple's new pickup truck. What does it feature? A USB port inside to put in your dongles. Oh no. Okay. Let's let's get back on track. But yeah, I I thought it was perfect timing. Thank you for that. Just humoring me. You know, I'm not a pickup truck guy. So for me, here's what it comes down to. Even let's play with the idea that Apple's going to do a new Apple car. Apple has already lost the race to Tesla. Tesla is the Apple of cars. They've modeled themselves after Apple from a standpoint of, you know, coming up with their own vision, being focused on it, letting the world figure out if they want or not, be inspired by it, be in love with it. There is no company that has the same... Tesla's cult status today is what Apple's cult status used to be like. I think there's still plenty of Apple fanboys and fangirls, but Apple's cult status has diminished because over time they've grown bigger, they've become less, less innovative, Okay, they still are innovative, don't get me wrong. They're still the company that most of my tech devices are on, but Apple's like Tesla literally put out a Cybertruck that is extremely divisive in how it looks. I love how it looks. I'm not going to buy one, but they make statements every time. Tesla has made a statement every time they've put something out, and that's important because it drives that Colts has, didn't what they have around 150,000 pre-orders on day one. But I'm going to tell you right now, not all those pre-orders are going to buy that car. Like all these, all these cats that are bragging about, I just pre-ordered a Cybertruck. I'm going to wait and see how many of those same people actually bought the Cybertruck. There's so many people that will get all hyped up when something comes out. They say, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. And they end up not buying it and never talking about it. Yeah. I knew a lot of those people. It's come on. Back it up. If you're going to hype it up like that, back it up. But I don't, quite honestly, I don't have the answer because I'm not a truck guy, but Apple's already lost the race to Tesla. Tesla is the Apple of cars in every way, in every way, just what they inspire within their base of loyal followers. It's, it's pretty crazy to see. And I also think it's really special. So um, I love it. All right. Next up, we got a call from Jeff. Hey, Brian, Jeff here. Uh, just want to see if you could tell me if it's okay to download um, Catalina or not. I haven't downloaded it yet. Uh, I was waiting for all the bugs to get out of it. Um, I don't use anything that uses 32-bit, but I just want to make sure all the other bugs are out of it. Thanks, man. See ya. All right, Jeff, here's my advice to you because I don't know what machine you're running and I don't know what apps you're using. My advice is if you have a relatively recent computer within the past two years that you're looking upgrade um i would lean towards look there still are bugs in catalina and there's still a lot of people that aren't very happy with it yeah i don't really use my computer any different and at the same time i did sell my previous macbook pro and got the newest one so i'm not i can't so yeah go ahead and do it i would actually be very wary about it i think if you have a computer that's older than two years and everything works fine on it I wouldn't recommend upgrading to Catalina right now. That's me. But, and at the same time, it's always upgrade at your own risk. I don't want to say, yeah, man, go ahead and do it. And then all of a sudden you're like, Brian, you just bricked my MacBook Pro or my iMac or MacBook, whatever whatever computer you have, Mac Mini even. So I would say if everything is literally working perfectly fine and your machine feels speedy, there shouldn't really be a big urgency to update yet but that that's my two cents right now okay next up we've got george 
Hey, Brian. This is George calling from Atlanta, Georgia. I just listened to your uh, podcast with Stephen Nielsen from Adobe. And uh, I got to tell you, the only reason that they or one of the main reasons why they're a subscription model is because Affinity hasn't come out with a digital asset management tool yet. And if they were to do that and charge a single price, not a monthly price, Adobe would be in a world of hurt with this subscription service. The other thing is, is that your guest seemed to constantly be going back to the fact that on the iPad, it does this. On the desktop, it does that. You can get Creative Cloud and get all these things on the desktop. And on the iPad, you can get this. Well, there are a lot of people, myself included, that only use the iPad. And until they come up with some kind of a program that gets me Photoshop, Lightroom, digital asset management, all on the iPad for a one Creative Cloud subscription price instead of nickel and diming me to death, I'm not going to go for it. Uh, I enjoy Lightroom. I only use it on the iPad, occasionally on my iPhone. But for major edits and for the price, Affinity Photo is the way to go. And it gets updated on a regular basis, unlike what Mr. Nielsen was trying to insinuate that uh, Adobe is the only one that updates their products because they have a subscription service. Not the case. You can buy Affinity Photo, pay for it once and get regular and good updates. Thank you very much. I enjoy your show. Bye. All right, George. I feel like George from Georgia. Georgia. Georgia, can I call you George? Keeping it real with George. I love that call. And you know what? I've said it too. Although I use Adobe, I'm very high on Affinity Photo and they're sweet. I think they're actually this, the disruptor in this field. And you make great points, George. Uh, obviously, Stephen does work for Adobe. So he was pounding that fact. And I see both sides of the coin. So I'm just happy that we had someone calling about that podcast interview which i thought brought shed a lot of light and also to the thinking of adobe but affinity photo still does more and does a, does everything that you need to do in your photo editing suite and it always comes back to the power of that letter e word ecosystem i i hope that's what the word you all were thinking about e ecosystem it matters it's why we're doing this show. It's why we talk about it. It's why we love things and we hate things. It's the power of the ecosystem. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this week. Remember, you can always call into the show, be a part of it, voice memo, use that app, and then send it along to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. Thanks to Betterment for sponsoring the show. That was awesome. And also, for those of you who support this show and continue to support it, Patreon dot com is how you do it two dollars per month five ten twenty five one hundred dollar levels big thanks going out to our platinum apples brandon ledford gil cabrera wesley freighter Jarrett lewis and calvin fatakar thank you for your support and everyone that's listening i just checked it out we're at 990 itunes podcast app reviews i just want to see it hit 1000 before the end of the year five star it put in your comments help it up in the algorithm I'd appreciate it so much. So that's going to do it for this week. We will continue to have episodes through the break because I'm working for you because you guys are supporting this. I thank you so much and just so many things to be grateful for and to reflect on. I mean, we're, we're coming up to the end of a decade. I think Apple has ended this decade on a high note with all of the things that they have done. I mean, that's that's a whole show in itself. But remember before, at the very beginning, we started off with a little ditty, Return of the Mac. So we're going to end the show. I'm going to give you the entire track, BTZ style. This is for y'all, Apple Bits Nation. So thanks so much. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Tears. 
With a trash can that was slow No expansion for the pros Time to turn another page We won't give another pass When you walked up on the stage Can't innovate my ass The word for me All those times I said that I love you The word for me Yes I tried, yes I tried The word for me Cause you know the fanboys die for you The word for me Yes they cried, yes they cried Return of the man It is Return of the man Come on Return of the man XDR You know that I'll be back That display Return of the man New design Return of the man Put on a show Return of the man Grate some cheese You know that I'll be back That macro 